Welcome to the Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Our series on Colossians, called Continue in Christ, takes us to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 23 today. We will look at the summons to God's people, and our speaker is honoured. The phrase, you're dead to me. Have you heard that phrase? It's increased in cultural popularity over recent years. You're dead to me. It stops short of wishing someone were dead, but it's relationally about as harsh as you can get. You no longer exist. I don't give you a passing thought. You have no claim on my life. You're dead to me. What would it take for you to use that phrase? Who or what would you direct it toward? A few years ago, supercars driver David Reynolds famously or infamously said it to fellow super driver Shane Van Gisbergen after a mid-race incident that had a significant impact on the championship. Would you use it after an incident like that? Under what circumstances would you say you're dead to me? Our Colossians theme is continue in Christ. Today, we're going to see that a key part of continuing in Jesus is knowing what is dead to us. Every day as we travel down this road, we're confronted between living to die or dying to live. Knowing what is dead to us is critical to helping us continue in Jesus. We've reached a major turning point in Paul's letter to the Colossians. Having established the essential theology of the Christian faith, Paul now turns to the implications of those realities in the life of believers. It's not quite right to say that he's done the theology and now he gets practical. That's a false distinction for Paul. The two intersect. Right practice comes from right theology. We are transformed, not by trying harder, but as we are cruciformed, as we are shaped by the cross itself. The segue for Paul comes in verse 6 of Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. The way you come to faith is the way you go on. There's nothing more. There's no secret truth to grasp. There's no greater knowledge to understand, no extra blessing that you need to receive. Just as you receive Christ, continue in him. The word that Paul uses that's translated continue fits beautifully with this set that we have for the Colossians series because it means walk 
or journey. We could say, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, keep walking life's journey with him, in him. And this is super important. The word continue is also the first imperative or command that Paul gives in Colossians, making it really important. And the summary of how to continue is what we see here in verse 7. Rooted or founded in him, built up, strengthened in the faith and overflowing with thankfulness. Continuing in Christ in some ways is like being housed in Christ. We continue as we are rooted or founded in him. Think of that as like a big concrete slab that goes down first in the house. Then we are built up in him or that foundation has walls put on it. Now if you've watched a frame go up on a new house recently you'll notice that the frame can be a bit flimsy by itself. It needs strengthening. And Paul says, we are strengthened in the faith as we were taught. Think of that like the bracing and the roof trusses that hold it all together. And notice that we're not strengthened by something new. We're strengthened by the faith as we were taught. There's nothing new. We continue... As we came to Christ, we continue in him, surrounded by him, strengthened by the truths of the gospel that we've been taught. Which is why it matters so much to gather together like this and in small groups, refreshing ourselves, soaking in the truths that we continue in him. Now this new place in which we're housed in Christ produces thankfulness. More than that, it produces an overflow of thankfulness. Now, it was World Donut Day last week. Great excuse for donuts. I hope that you uh, enjoyed it. I did. I indulged, in fact. Hot cinnamon donuts. You can't go past them. And they didn't disappoint. They were good. So good were they. They were covered in sugar overflowing with sugar. In fact, I had to bite through the sugar to get to the dough. Sugar was everywhere, all over the donut, all over the bottom of the bag, all over my fingers. It was awesome. Overflowing with sugar. In Christ, we overflow not with sugar, but with thankfulness. A lack of thankfulness breeds bitterness and resentment, but an overflow of thankfulness breeds persistence and perseverance. Continuing him by being thankful. Thankful for the blessings that come in life, sure, but those blessings come and go. Be more thankful for Jesus, for all that he has done. Be thankful for his humility. Thankful for his mercy and grace. Thankful for his faithfulness. Thankful for his obedience. Thankful for Jesus' sacrificial death. Thankful that he took your sin away. Thankful that he has forgiven you and given you new life. How can you overflow 
with thankfulness. We continue by staying in Christ, not in something else. And this is Paul's point in verse 8. See to it, he says, that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. That verse should be up on the screen for you to see. See to it that you don't live to die. There's all sorts of alternate philosophies around us. Some are easily spotted and avoided. Others are clothed in ways that make them seem Christian. But to follow them is to be enslaved again. That's the idea of being taken captive. The picture is of being carried away as a prisoner of war. It's not just having a different opinion or thought. It's being defeated by the enemy. It's a return to slavery. It's a return to death. How do we avoid being captive to such things? Well, we can either constantly be looking out for the negative, for the fine-sounding human argument or for that spirituality that will lead us away, but there's too many philosophies to examine them all and watch out for. So Paul gives us a better way, an easier way. Avoid things, he says, that don't rely on Christ. Any philosophy, any spiritual argument that has as its basis something or someone other than Christ is to be avoided. It will enslave you. It will change your allegiance. It is hollow and deceptive. It is unable to deliver on its promise. It promises life, but it will result in in death. Don't live to die. Instead, die to live. Die to live by remembering who Christ is and who we are in him. This is Paul's focus in verse 9 to 15. In Christ is all the fullness of the deity. In Christ, you have he who is head over every power and authority, even those powers that want to take you captive. Christ is more than them. In Christ, you have been circumcised. That is, you've entered into God's family. In Christ, you've been made alive. In Christ, you have forgiveness of sin. In Christ, you have condemnation removed and with it, your sin nailed to the cross. That which was on you, bringing death to you, is taken up by him who dies for you. In Christ is the one who has triumphed over the powers and authorities. He is the one who has taken as prisoners of war all the spiritual forces against him. In Christ, there is nothing more. No one is greater than Jesus. Nothing 
compares to Jesus. Jesus is more powerful than those who seek to take you captive. Jesus is more fulfilling than the promise of deceptive philosophies. Jesus is more perfectly for you than any human tradition or promise. Jesus is your only hope. And Jesus is your only hope because of the cross. He is your only hope because of the victory that he won at the cross. He is your only hope because on the cross he did all that could be done. And the only thing that was able to be done to give you life. So just as you came to Jesus through his death on the cross, continue through it. Nothing else will give you hope. Nothing else will give you life. Nothing else around all the twists and bends of that road of life will keep you certain and secure. Don't live to die. Die to live. This is the point that Paul makes in verse 11 and 12 by talking about baptism. Now, there's a lot to be said here about the connection of circumcision and baptism, but that's for another day. Just notice it for now. Baptism is an amazing symbol, a sacrament, that gives us a picture of a spiritual reality. Baptism is a sign of membership into God's family. It shows both our death and our life. Paul says that our whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off having been buried with him in baptism. Note the tense. Who we were, ruled by the flesh, has been buried, has been buried in our baptism. As we go down in the waters, symbolically, there goes our old self, dead and buried. And as we come up out of the waters, you are also raised with him. Again, notice the tense. Our death and resurrection has already happened. And what made it happen? It happened through your faith in the working of God who raised him, Jesus, from the dead. It's not about the water. It's not even about our faith. It's about the working of God. Our baptism happens at the cross of Christ when we were dead in our sins and uncircumcised. When we were not in God's family, we are met by God with his powerful work that enables the death of our old self and the rising of the new. All that has been done. At the cross, because of the power of God, we cease living to die. At the cross, we die to live. What did Paul say in verse 6? Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, 
continue to live your lives in Him. Just as your old self died with Christ in order to live the new life in Christ, continue to die that you might live. This is it. There is nothing more. There is no need for anything more. Because of God's powerful work on the cross, in Christ you have been brought to fullness, verse 10 says. Again, notice the tense and ponder the concept. In Christ you have been brought to fullness. You don't need anything more. Christ has done it all. In Christ you are complete. In Christ there is nothing more. There's no extra completeness to be achieved. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul says, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. In Christ you have been made complete. Don't listen to the lies of spiritual forces that tell you otherwise. In Christ it has all been done. There is nothing more. In Christ you have died. In Christ you live. So how do we make sure that we don't live to die? First Paul says, don't let anyone judge you. For the Christians at Colossae, It appears that some Jewish mystics were tempting them away from Christ with Jewish regulations, how to behave with food or celebrations or holy days. The irony for Paul is found in verse 17. These, he says, are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Now, I can imagine as my grandchild grows up, I can imagine as he grows up, playing games of shadows with him as he learns about his shadow. You know those shadow games where you chase the shadow and try and grab it? But nothing will be like embracing him. Why would I want the shadow when he's there? Don't settle for the shadow of Christ by letting people judge you based on rules and regulations. You die to them. Keep dying to them. I mentioned earlier that baptism and circumcision are linked in this passage. It's one of the reasons, just one, that I believe that infant baptism is biblical. I'm not going to go into that right now, but if I made infant baptism a condition of faith it would suddenly become a regulation that didn't have Christ as the head. Don't be judged by it or any other regulation. Jesus is your only hope. Not regulations. Continue in Jesus. The second thing to make sure that we don't live to die Paul says in verse 18, do not let anyone disqualify you. The idea here is of robbing or stripping someone of the prize. In 2009 and 2014, former NRL player 
Jarrah Hain won the Delhi M Award for Best and Fairest. A huge honour and a great award. Last month, he was convicted of rape. Should he lose his appeal, he may well be stripped of that Delhi M Award, disqualified from holding on to the prize. Christ is a far greater prize than anything that the world can offer us. Don't be disqualified. How could we be disqualified? Essentially, Paul says here, by following false spirituality that's based on human commands and teachings, but is disconnected from the head, from Christ. Any spirituality in which something is worshipped over Jesus prosperity, angel worship, traditions, family, if it becomes the head, if it becomes the thing we worship, it dislodges Jesus as the head. And unless Christ is the head, that teaching is puffed up and unspiritual. And it's dangerous because it can strip you of the prize of knowing Jesus, the prize of being secure in Jesus, disqualifying you. So, since you died with Christ, don't submit to anything or anyone else. Look the false ideas of this world in the eye and say, in Christ, you are dead to me. Look those teachings based on human wisdom and disconnected from Christ the head. Look them in the eye and say, in Christ, you're dead to me. Look the spiritual forces who try and pull you away from Christ to a religion that sounds more like you than him. Look them in the eye and say to them, you are dead to me. In Christ, you are dead to me. In that way, you will die to live. In that way, you will continue in Christ. Don't live to die. Die to live. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. What an incredible, precious gift you have given us in him. We thank you that he is everything that in him we have all that we need and there is nothing more. Thank you that he's conquered the spiritual forces that tempt us. Father, strengthen us that we might day by day know the completeness that is found in Christ and thereby resist any temptation to add anything else to who he is. Strengthen us that we might continue in him for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast 
so you don't miss a sermon.